telling you, this is two weeks in a row now where we've had absolutely perfect weather. Where there's been a chance of rain, but then we said, God, let it stay away so that we can have church. And two Sundays in a row, what's he done? Created perfect weather. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's glad to see you all today. It's good that you're here on campus with us. Uh, I know last week it was so nice to actually see people. I... I do a lot better when I can see people and I can be around them. So it's nice to see you guys today. As most of you know, um, everything's beginning to open up again. And we are allowed to open up churches again. So, But we want to do it in such a way that you know that this is a safe place for you and your entire home. So we're going to be meeting with the council again this week and discuss uh, plans and, and things that we can do. And hopefully we'll be back inside next week, but we're going to be meeting Tuesday. So be on the lookout about Wednesday about what we are doing next. Okay. So please be in prayer for us about that. But today I kind of wanted to start a series, a two week deal um, called what's next. And I wanted to talk about how God speaks to us and how he speaks to us through dreams and how he speaks to us through different types of visions and how he speaks to us through other people and how even God can speak to us through the situations that we're in. But before we go there, that's really my topic for next week. Today, I really wanted to own in on how we get to that place where we can hear from God. Because there has to be a moment in our life where, where things are lined up, where things are put in order so that I can clearly hear him. I don't know if you've ever had somebody call you on the phone and they were in an area where you didn't get very good reception. And you're trying to talk to them and you can't hear them clearly. You can't hear them straight because the connection somewhere between you and them has been broken. And so today, I really want to talk about how to own in on that connection with God and that relationship with God and really talk about this right here. What is my next step to grow spiritually? What is my next step so I can get to that place where I hear God clearly? What's next? Because I truly believe today that we all have a next step. No matter what stage of life you're in, we all have our next step spiritual step and why this is important is that my prayer for you and my hope for you today is that your next step isn't just a step but it's the right step because I can step in any way right left front you know back but but if it's not the right step I'm going farther away from where God wants me to go so my next step has to be the right step so I want you to help me today that God would speak to us about that. I want to start off today with a passage in Psalm chapter 92. I'm not going to stay there long. It's not the main passage today. I did want to make mention of Psalm chapter 92 because I want to talk about this next step. And this scripture basically shows you how you are supposed to grow. The way that you realize all that God has for you is you have to get yourself in the right environment to grow. You have to get yourself in the right place. Here's what Psalm 92 and in, uh, in 12 says. It says the righteous will grow. The righteous will blossom like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of God. So how do we grow? Number one, we got to be in right standing with him. We have to be righteous. 
Our life has to mimic what he wants us to be. Live a holy and righteous life. We have to be in right standing with him. But also planted in the house of the Lord. Now the spirit of God goes with us everywhere we go. So our body is a temple in which we carry Christ. So for me to be planted in him. Not only do I need to be in a place like this where we can grow together. But I also when I'm not around anybody else. When I'm all alone and nobody's watching. I still have to be in right standing with God then too. I must be planted in my faith. Planted in what God wants me to do. It says, and they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. So in reading that passage, if I get myself in the right place with the right ground and the right amount of water, good things begin to happen. You must be planted. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a place in, in America. It's the hottest place in the United States. The hottest, most driest place Nothing grows there at all. Why? Because it doesn't rain. But something crazy happened in 04. Actually, the winter of 04. Where seven inches of rain fell in a short amount of time in a place where it never rains. The hottest, most driest place in all of the United States. Now, nothing happened right immediately. Nothing happened right then. But in the spring of 05, something incredible happened. In a place that they thought was dead, it wasn't really dead. It was just dormant. You see, there's things in our life that we thought were dead but aren't really dead. There's situations where we wonder, is God really there? Is God speaking? And you think that my connection with God is dead. It's not dead. Maybe it's just dormant. Because right beneath the surface of this ground were actually seeds. And they began to grow even in a place that they thought was dead. So I want to encourage you today that the promise that God has for you, that he's given you, is not a dead promise. It's not. God is still working. God is still speaking. Our connection with him has to be right. And we have to understand that there are seeds in the ground that are going to begin to grow. Even in an area that you thought was dead. But it's not dead. It's just dormant. And God wants to speak to you in those areas. He wants you to grow. He wants you to blossom. Psalm chapter 16 says, you make known to me the path of life. You make known is the greatest revelation I have read because we worry about what's my next step, God. What do you want me to do? I feel like my time here is done. I'm ready to move on. But what is that? And we try this and we try that and nothing works out the way that we want it to. But the scripture tells me that I don't have to do it because if I stay in right standing with God and I do what I'm supposed to do, the scripture says he will make known the path of life to me. He'll speak to me, but my connection with him has to be right. And then it says, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You will make known. And then after he makes this path known, after he makes the purpose known, what happens next? In your presence is joy. How many times have we gone through situations in life where we've been down and out, depressed, and our joy has been wiped clean? We're not happy. 
We're not happy with where we are. We're not happy with our job. We're not happy with our marriage. We're not happy with our kids. We're not happy with our money. There's something that you're not happy about. And I'm telling you, it's because we're trying to do things ourselves and doing it our way. But when we get back to the presence of God and we start doing things the way that he wants me to do them, it says he will make known my path and then in that process give me joy. Do you hear that today? So what I want to do is I want to break this down today from a, a, a prayer that Paul had about our next spiritual steps. Ephesians chapter 1. That's my main passage today. And in verse 17, Paul prays to God. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now I want to stop right there and I want to make note today because Paul is saying, I just wish people would see this. He, he, he wishes that people would realize that this is where they are, that, that they could come away from, from this situation with more wisdom and revelation. That they can come out of this with more peace of mind. That they can come out of this better than when they came into it. Why? Because we have been in the presence of God. It says, I keep asking that the God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious God, may give you spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then he goes on to mention number one of these multitude of things that we have to do. Our steps in our walk with Christ. Number one. That you may know him. That you may know him. That you may know God. Because the first thing you have to do. To be in that relationship with Christ. To know what God has for you next. To get to that place where you can hear him more clear. You have to know God. But see, the thing is, he used a word there that really doesn't shock us because we all believe that I must know God. I must know he's the Savior. I must know that God sent his son to die on a cross. I must know that if I ask him into my life and he will forgive me of my sins. So I'm supposed to know that. But the Greek meaning of know him within this passage isn't just to know him in passing. It's to know him in an intimate, in a personal way God doesn't just want me to have a relationship with him in passing he doesn't just want me to want him when I need him he wants me to want him when I need him but then when I don't he wants me to want him at all times so that my relationship that 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 connection that I have with him is never broken I need to know him in an intimate in a personal way which in that time when, when this was written, it was completely different to the religious people of that way. Because God to them was this religion. God was just somebody that they worshipped. It was the tradition. But he, but he said, I need you to know me not in a traditional way. I need you to know me not in a religious way. I need you to know me in an intimate and personal way. I need you to know everything about me because I already know everything about you. And I want you to want me. I want you to serve me with, with your whole heart. I want you to serve me not just when you're in church. 
I want you to serve me when you're at home, when you're on your way to, to, to work. I, I need you to serve me when you're at the park. I need you to serve me in all areas of your life. If you truly want God to speak to you, you have to know him in an intimate, in a personal way. And then this next passage, or this next verse here. Paul goes on to pray. Number two, that I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. That the eyes of your heart be enlightened. This is the second step in your spiritual walk with God. Where Paul says, I need your eyes of your heart. Now the, the, the message Bible puts it like this. I need the eyes of your heart to be clear. I need you to know exactly what you're looking at. I need you to truly know who I am. And not just who I am, but also who I am in your circumstance. I need you to see me clearly. I, I, the eyes of your heart. Now we read that and we laugh just a little bit because I really want to look at Paul and say, Paul, my eyes aren't right here. My eyes are up here, buddy. I see out to my head eyes, not my heart eyes. But what Paul is trying to tell us is that sometimes we look too much with our head eyes and we don't see it with our heart eyes. Because when we know what God has for us, when we know the purpose and the calling that he has on my life, yes, I might see it here, but I know it right here. And it's clear inside my heart. And what Paul is trying to tell us through this prayer is that I don't want you to look through the lens of your real eyes. I want you to look through your heart. I want you to know God intimately and personally with your spiritual eyes. And we get there by knowing in our heart who God is, knowing him personally. Every single one of us, me included, we tend to look at life through the lens of everything that's happened to us to this point. Every one of us looks through the lens of your past, your pain, your problems, your hurts, the good days, the bad days, the relationships. We're all seeing through that lens. And Paul said, once you know God intimately and personally and really have a powerful relationship with him, I wish you could understand today how important it is to take the second step is to where you get your heart right with God. Is where those, those hidden hurts begin to heal. Where you get your heart healed. Where you don't consume yourself with your seeing eyes and what you've seen. Because if we look through that lens, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get beaten down and broken down. Because we see where we were and then we think, well, I've not come very far yet. And it's because you can't see intimately the plan that God has for you. Because all we're seeing it is through the lens of our seeing eyes. We're not seeing it through our heart eyes and what Paul is saying he says that I don't want you to look at life with what you've seen but I want you to look at it through who you are seeing in the situation I want you to see me we must know him personally and, and intimately and then the passage goes on to say in order that which means you can't even do this next part until the first part's already been done. You cannot get to this next step unless you've known him personally and until your heart has been healed. And when you know him personally and when your heart is healed, 
Then it says, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So now you have to realize that part of your spiritual, uh, part of the spiritual journey is to realize that God has created you on purpose for a purpose. You need to say that right there over and over. You need to rehearse it. You need to memorize it. You need to know it that you have purpose. And it doesn't matter if you are 12 years old or if you're 92 years old. If you have breath in your lungs, there's still something for you to do. You have purpose. You see, we've got to get to that place where we wake up every morning and we're happy with what we see. We have to get to that place where, where I wake up and because I know the person that I'm looking at in the mirror was made on purpose by a perfect God who loves us all the same. Your next step in your walk with God is to just know him. To open up your heart eyes and know that God loves you for a purpose. And now hear me. Because this is important to know today. It is impossible to see the plan that God has for you tomorrow if you're still looking through the lens of yesterday. It's impossible to see what God wants you to do for tomorrow when you're so consumed with your past. You cannot see tomorrow if your glasses are still covered in the smudge and the dirt of yesterday. That's why some people have wondered, why do I not know God's purpose and plan for my life? Why can't I dream? We're going to talk about it next week. Why can't I see things? Why hasn't God shown me anything? Why can't I see my next step? It's because you've never completed the second step in your walk with God, which is relieving, not reliving. There's two different words. I'm not supposed to relive the pains of my past. I'm supposed to relieve the pains of my past. To let them go. To get them behind me. To relieve the pain of yesterday. So that I can see the promise of tomorrow. And once you do that. And notice with me in this passage that the word hope and calling are connected with each other. Listen. I want you to think about it because the word hope and the word calling are connected. In other words, if you want to find hope, you're never going to find it in your circumstances. We say all the time, God, I hope for this. I hope for that. I hope for this. You don't find your hope through the situation. You find your hope in who God is. That's your hope. When you know that he is who he says he is. When you know that he's an all-powerful God. And when you know that he, when he's done it once before, he can do it a hundred times over. That's where your hope comes from. It's trusting the character of Jesus Christ. Knowing that he is who he said he is. That's a powerful truth. Because so many people today are looking for hope. Well, I need my situation to work out. I need the weather to be better. I need politics to be better. Uh, and you can't tell me none of us have sat there and watched the TV and said, God, I, I hope that the politics become. But let me tell you something. My hope is not in that. My hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in Christ Jesus. My hope is in the fact that he forgave me. My hope is in the fact that he loves me. My hope is in the fact that I am his child. 
My hope is not in the things of this world. As a matter of fact, Paul even said it. He said, it's not in the seen. It's not in the things that I see, but it's in the unseen. My hope is in Christ Jesus. And so Paul gives us this progression. And again, I want you to see it just like Paul prayed it. I want you to see how important it is so that you can be the best version of you. It's having an intimate, a powerful relationship with God. Is to get to a place where your heart becomes healed. And then I want you to look at the last part of this specific verse. So that you might know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. I want you to notice the wording here. Because he doesn't say in the person. He says it in people. What's that tell me? That my next step in my walk with Christ, number three. Not only do I have to know him in an intimate, in a personal way. Not only must I get to the place where my heart is healed. But three, I have to do life together with other people. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We cannot do life on our own. We cannot come to church on Sunday and go home the rest of the week and not have any interaction with God's people. We must do life together. We must be involved in each other's life. We must get involved in groups. We have to do these things. Why? Because the inheritance is for a group of people, not just for a person. Inheritance and his holy people that God now wants you to make sure that you're connected with a group who also know their purpose, who together are receiving their inheritance. Which Psalms chapter 2 tells us the inheritance that he gives us the nations. Do you realize that in order to take the land back, in order to take the territory in which the devils tried to take from us, in order to get the community back. In order to get the United States to get God back in the United We have to be united together. In unity with each other. We need unity. We need an intimate relationship with Him. We need our heart healed. And we've got to do this together. See, I have realized... That even people who don't know Christ understand how important it is to have purpose and to do life together. To discover purpose. And did, did you know that God has already put it inside the heart of every human being alive, lost or saved, Christian, non-Christian, to do something in life that has purpose? To do something to them that really matters? Why is it do we seek out the job that we are passionate about? Why is it do we seek out a marriage of somebody that, that I can love and that I can appreciate? Because things in life matter and they must have purpose. So if things of the secular world must have purpose, don't you know that the things of the Christian walk must have purpose too? You see, deep down inside, we are called to make a difference. 
You cannot do that, though, unless you can discover your purpose. You cannot do that if you're still, if you're still trying to settle yesterday. You cannot do this without God. And to be honest today, I just had a conversation with this with somebody this week. I find it hard to really have purpose unless I'm doing life with other people. Because we need each other. We need each other. So quickly, if you'll give me just a couple minutes to quickly go through these three again. And then hit this last point. I'm not going to stay long on the last point because this last point is what the entire message is on next week. But Matthew chapter 7 says that not everyone who says Lord, Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it goes on to say that they'll do a bunch of things like cast out devils, prophesy, do miracles and still not make it to heaven. Why? Because Jesus said that's right because I never knew you. And the word new there is the same word he used in, in that Paul used in his prayer that meant an intimate relationship with Christ. So it's not just enough to know me. You have to know me. It's not just enough to know about me, but you've got to know everything about me and know that I'm there to serve you. Know that I'm there to help you. Know that I'm there to answer your prayer. So we need the intimate relationship with God. We need religion. I want you to hear me wrong today. We don't need religion. We don't need religion. We need relationship. That's what this Christian walk is all about. We need the intimate relationship with Christ. We have to get to that place where our heart is healed. And then we have to do things together. James chapter 5. And it ties to this step. It says, therefore confess your sins. Okay, great. To God, no. It says confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other. So that you'll be healed. Now I want to read that again. Because I want to break this down for just a moment. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you'll be healed. So I go to God for forgiveness, but I go to people for healing. Mm, think about it. Think about it. God forgives me of my sin. And then when I confess and get in relationship and communion with a group of people and start doing life together, it says pray for each other. Pray for each other and then healing will come. <laughs> and for a lot of people, we've wondered why we can't break the addiction. We can't break the habit because we've hid it in a closet and not told any, 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 anyone about it. We've hit it to where we don't talk about it. And what God is saying is come to me for forgiveness and I'll forgive you. But then have relationship with other people. If you want to break the cycle of addiction in your home. Find a group of people that will hold you accountable. Find a group of people that will love you regardless of what you've been through. Find you a group of people that will hold your hand and walk with you through it. That's what doing life together means. And guess what? It's not going to be easy. 
But here's the deal, okay? When you do when you do that and you tell somebody else and get healing, they're not going to look at you and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you did that. Oh, I can't associate with you anymore. Trust me, if you knew some of the things I've done in my past, you might not want to with me either. But when you do that, they're going to say, oh, you too? I thought I was the only one. Maybe we can help each other through through this. And that's what having godly Christian relationships looks like. Where I can trust you, you can trust me, and we can do this thing called life together, and we can help each other through it, and I know that I'm not alone. That I've got somebody else that can help me. That's so powerful to understand that. Intimate relationship with God. Get yourself to a place where your heart can be healed. Do life together. And then number four. And I want to tell you a story about a greyhound dog track. You guys all know what that is? I've never been to an actual dog race, but I know what they are. You see, if you know anything about it, the dogs just don't race by themselves. There's a little mechanical rabbit. That they put ahead of them so that they can chase it. You see when you're riding a horse in a horse race. You have the jockey. The jockey can help run the horse. But a dog race doesn't have that. They have a little mechanical rabbit that will, that will go in front of them. And the dogs will chase the rabbit. Well the story goes. At this greyhound dog track. That their mechanical rabbit had a, um, a, had a problem. And right about the first turn, this mechanical rabbit exploded and wires and fur go everywhere. And what happened was a few different things. These dogs didn't have anything to chase. They didn't have anything to go after. So some of the dogs just sat down and they went to sleep. Some dogs just turned to the crowd and just began to bark because that's what dogs do best is just bark at people. And then some of the dogs, so confused as to what they were supposed to do, actually ran through the railing and hurt themselves, some of them breaking their ribs. Because they were so confused and disoriented. And I thought, what a picture of humanity. If you're not chasing the right thing, you'll either go to sleep, you will bark at everybody else or hurt yourself. And it's true and that's why it's critical for us. If you want your life to be successful, if you want to take the next right step in your relationship with Christ, we have to go on a pursuit of the right happiness, the right source of my joy, the right purpose. Because number four, we have to live your life in such a way where your life is making a difference. John tells us this. It is to his glory. That you bear much fruit. Showing yourself to be my disciples. This is to his glory. 
But watch what he says next. <laughs> I love this part. And I'm about to read it. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my command, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is to love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I have learned from him. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, but not just any fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in the name of him. I will give you. What am I saying today? It is his purpose for us. Our spiritual journey. If he comes Seth. Our spiritual journey is to know him personally. Know him intimately. And if you're there. Praise God. But if you're not today, I want to pray with you. And I want to pray that you have an intimate relationship with Christ. But if you're there at step one, but maybe you've got some past hurts that you've just not let go of. Maybe you've got something that you're just, it just keeps coming back over and over. You've not, you have relived your past. You've not relieved your past. And if that's you, I want to pray with you so you can take the next step. Step three is that we do life together. And if you're at that place where you know him, where you have been forgiven, it's time to get involved. It's time to serve somewhere. It's time to do something. It's time to get involved with a group of people so that we can love on each other and help each other through life. And you might say, Pastor Chris, I'm already there. I've done step one, two, and three. Well, now it's time to bear fruit. Now it's time to bear fruit. Because plants planted in good soil always produce fruit. We have a garden in our yard that I planted for Israel last year. And I wanted to build him a larger one. So I built him a larger one. Now we have a walk-in in the garden in our yard and it's so amazing to see those seeds turn into big plants right now a squash plant that is um, overtaking the entire garden it's so huge we're going to have like ginormous squashes so if anybody likes squash I've got squash but let me tell you why it's growing so big because it's planted in good soil because it's being watered daily because it has the right amount of sun. Did you hear me? It has the right amount of sun. It has the right amount of word. The right amount of water. And roots grow stronger. When they're in communion with each other. Come on. It's time we get planted. 
It's time we know him intimately. It's time that we get our heart healed. It's time that we do life together. And it's time that we bear fruit. Do you want to hear from God? Do you want to see the know the dreams, to know the visions, to know what God has speaking to us? Then you've got to get this right first.